Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. But today, today, we are going to, we, meaning Nick and I, are going to critique <laughs> the legacy documentary. Uh, Nick, probably one of the best ones I've been involved with, but one of the best ones I've seen. And uh, your thoughts on that? Oh, man. Like, I thought Magic's was great. This was to another level, but on a different way. I love, first of all, it's awesome. I mean, the way that they set you guys up in the rooms when Shaq sits down, Kareem, there's just thought put into every scene. It's a reimagination or reinvention of some stories we've heard, but it's a ton of stories we haven't heard. Only you would know, right? And I love how when there's impact, I don't know if you noticed this, but me as a content guy, when there's impact, so say Rambus and Mikhail are going at it. They they dubbed in the sound. So you hear, ooh, you hear pop. It just adds an element to make you remember certain scenes and certain sequences. It, that's something that stuck out right at the start to me. But overall, great never-before-seen footage. Getting to see Kareem with a lot of hair. You know, you had hair as a rookie, right? <laughs> and I was uh, probably about 60 pounds 60 lighter. pounds. Yeah, I know 60 pounds total, I think, Coop. You were so skinny. I mean, I want to know more. I think, like, our viewers want to know, what the hell do you think when you're watching yourself? You, like, you know what? That was a, the fascinating thing about that to me. I, I'm, I agree with you, Nick. They pulled us some footage, like that the one scene where we went to the movies, uh, I guess yeah. in the third episode, and we talk about yeah. we are family, and that was the true essence of what we were about. I mean... We weren't just good friends on the court. We spent time off the court. And, you know, I had me introducing, uh, this is Magic. Uh, this is Milt Wagner. This is such yeah. and such. I, I, I tell you the truth, I don't even remember that shooting that. So that's how far back this goes. But I thought those little key points in the, in the documentary were very special. And that brought the uh, listeners and viewers a little bit closer to us so that they could really get, get to know us through the documentary but again that's what laker basketball was back like back in the 80s at the forum they didn't have the red coats that they have now i don't know what they call them at the uh, boston garden but at, at the crypto the they got red coats and they just keep you away from the players yeah. back then people could come from up top walk i mean you had to keep moving though but you walk around the court you could come by the uh by our seats and yell our name and you know, and it, you guys it, would react a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, you interact. Very intimate setting. So, again, I think those little tidbits that they do right there uh, through this documentary was real special. And I, I am thoroughly enjoying it. I don't watch many documentaries of basketball. I still have yet to see The Last Dance for the Bulls. I have to. I, I still have to. Have to and I'm, I, actually, I'm going to watch it after I finish this documentary, that thing that they have on um, – made for tv i'm not going to mention the name but that other series they got i watched it uh, yeah and that th that kind of stuff is made for tv but this documentary legacy was um just all the way real down to earth starting with the bus family genie johnny and jimmy all of them saying their piece and what went on behind the scenes. Yeah, I loved players. how they set that up. Yeah, and I, I thought it was great. And you know, the uh, uh, Fuqua, I guess that's his name, the producer. Yeah. At the time we were shooting this, he kept, this was like about two years ago, Nick, when we were doing this, two, two and a half years ago. So wait a minute, let me stop you there. So this was set up 
prior to that series you're not we're not going to mention did genie already have this planned prior oh, to this that? is already in motion this oh that's good to know viewers need to know that Coop. a lot of people think it's a reaction to that no this was already in motion and actually i don't even and i i think what spurred uh, this documentary was the last dance by michael jordan yeah, yeah. that really initiated this and so this was two years in the making and at the time we were shooting it, they were saying, hey, we're getting ready to put something together about the Lakers, uh, the history of the Lakers. And at the time, they didn't have a name for it. They were just saying. So when we were going over there shooting, we knew that it was going to be about the Lakers and the Bus family. So this was not a response or a get back to that Good other to show that's out there. That you were talking about like fans going down on the court. I mean, I think that was a product of that time, right? It was just less security but at the forum it always seemed like as a fan watching you guys knew everybody in the stands and I know you didn't but did Dr. Buss like encourage that kind of openness or was it just a, a product of the times and the forum was just so no I, I think it's a little bit of both I think it was a product of the time security wasn't as high of alert as it is today I think at the forum it was a sporting event so people got a chance to identify, but Dr. Buss wanted that to happen. He wanted, uh, he wanted people to identify. If you couldn't identify with Coop, you would identify with Magic or Kareem or Worthy or Kurt Rambis. Everybody had their own little clique of people, but yet they were all about the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's what made it so special. Now I think in today's game and looking at the game and how they keep the fans away and the players, I think now they, you know, you don't really get a chance to really get to know a Brown uh, or, or uh, Kyrie Irving. You don't, I mean, you know them, you see them play, you know, they play for your home team, but you don't really get a chance to, to really get close to them. And I think that was a difference from, from the eighties as opposed to the player now, but it was a lot of fun playing back then. It was uh, very interesting playing back then. And uh, I'm really, 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 and I'm hoping your skin crawled Nick with that Laker shirt on. You know, uh, I got on my gold. I'm gonna get yeah. killed in Boston. And, and and but you have to think of it as like gold uh money or or something very <laughs> special. That's how you think of it, as opposed to when I put on green, when I put on something green, I've never seen you in green itch, I get yeah, highs I on my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you know, I so I go through all those turmoils with this uh Boston Celtics. Coop, you know what else I like? The the documentary series isn't it is a reimagining of things that ha happened over, over the years, but it's not the same story, the Larry magic story. It's more of the whole organization from the 12th man to Kareem, let's say, or Pat Riley, right? It just, or Jerry West. It just seems like it's, it, yes, they go through the bird and the magic stuff, but it's a little bit different in the way they're, they're reinventing it a little bit and, and still telling the facts, but just giving more information we hadn't heard and you feel like it's all you guys. Like, it's just, it, it's every one of you are important to the story because you all made up the franchise. I mean, really, uh, Magic did the smile. Uh, Kareem, the skyhook, and, and Magic, the smile. But there was, every fan knew the guy with the, the, the two guys with the socks up to their knees and, you know, the strings hanging out of their shorts. Everybody knew the goggles was Kareem and Worthy. Everybody knew the glasses was Rambus. And as a rival fan, you know, I'll be honest, we didn't hate you guys all that much. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. 
Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline AG to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Everybody knew the glasses was Rambus. And as a rival fan, you know, I'll be honest, we didn't hate you guys all that much. It was like half a joke, you know? It's almost like a a step-by-step walkthrough the building of the Lakers of what you see today. Yeah. And that was the fun part about it because fans did get a chance to know that they tell the story uh, so uniquely, but again, I like the fact that they went behind the scenes with the family, the kids and, and tell them all the, the uh, things that was going on back there that as a fan, you don't hear that. I mean, you hear about yep. the bad part. Oh, there's uh, trouble in the bus land and yep, yep, something's yep. going to happen. But the, you know, Jeannie and the, the, the kids told the story about what really happened. I love the fact that they were so candid in telling it. They were very candid. You know, yep. and they didn't hide anything. Uh, and then as you go through that and then putting it on the floor with the addition of magic and then coming in to play each player. And I can't wait. I heard 10 episodes and I, I believe I've only uh, gotten to three. I can't wait till when two. they start introducing uh, Kobe. a Kobe, Shaq, uh, the players yeah. uh, after in the 2000 that continued the winning success that we had had, had started. That's going to be the fun part about that. And then that is- the, how they're going to wrap this thing all up. That's what I'm waiting for. That is the separation between the two franchises, the two rival franchises. As you guys, the Celtics fell back and the Lakers proceeded and passed, right? And created a standard for winning that I think is the gold standard today, maybe for sports, the Patriots, the Lakers, who else? I mean, there's no real baseball dynasties. Yeah, anymore. Well, the Yankees had something special, but they haven't continued in the 2000s. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but we're still talking about you guys. Yeah, 40, 30 some years later, that just tells how you defined a generation, you know. And I, I don't know. To me, it's it's the Lakers. How you got past the Magic Johnson HIV, and then it the, that transition was what five years before they started bringing in Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, but it, you Six know years. what. The uh, it was about six, and through the whole process, you have a lot of young players, and I hope they really introduce the Nick Van Exels, the Eddie Jones, I was gonna say Van Eldon Campbell. Mm-hmm. You got Eldon players Campbell. like that that came along and just didn't have the right stuff. A yep. good talented young team, Anthony Peeler was on that team. Uh, the young talent. So that yep. shows you that the chemistry has to work well. You just can't throw a bunch of players together and hope that it works through the Lakers, especially with the Lakers and any championship organization, the Boston yep. Celtics. Yep. There has to be chemistry. Things have to be done right. And I always say this, Nick, greatness starts from the top and it runs down. It don't start and from the did. bottom and run up. And, and uh, you know, Dr. Buss was a truly great owner. And that's why I said, I can't wait to get the second half because when he passed away, 
people thought that this was going to collapse. That what? Yeah. Well, look at what we've done, and you know, you bring in, uh, you still have Jerry West. Magic steps forward and takes a little bit. Now you have Rob Linka and Jeannie and Linda Ramos, the constants that are always there to continue this legacy to keep moving forward forever. Did you feel Jeannie had what it took back when she was a kid when you guys were playing? Like always to be knew. The, I mean, she is so impressive, man. She is just impressive. Nick, I always knew. And again, I knew the Bus family very close and intimate. Right. You know, I knew them because I had my own relationship. We got to remember mm-hmm. myself, Magic, and Kareem, who'd been through the Lakers forever. Then you mm-hmm. bring in James Worthy. But we were the start when all this thing got started. So I got a chance to know them, see them, be around them. And you could tell with the boys, they would kind of like come in, come out. Johnny's with the lasers and mm-hmm. the strings and then a mm-hmm. bunch of things. But Jeannie was always a constant. She always came to training camp. Uh, she was always in some of the meetings that we had, the team meetings when Dr. Really? Had, oh, always there. Was always there. Sitting there, you know, and that needs to be discussed more. That's a oh a young woman, no matter if it's the owner's daughter or not, that may be a disadvantage because you can say, Oh, you know, silver spoon in her mouth. She pursued that was not an easy time for a woman to be around all these athletes and be in a position of that will eventually be, you know, a power. Exactly. But her dad groomed her for that. Her dad groomed because she was there, she was always there. Uh, uh, on the Laker media day. She was always kind of behind the scenes, standing off to the side, but what she was doing, and I see that now, and I see that with, you know, when you have young kids and you, my, myself just growing, you're just looking and you're learning and you're keeping your mouth shut. And then mm-hmm. when you kid, I'm pretty sure when she got with her father alone, she would ask him questions or this and that, but she was always there. So I, I always knew or had a feeling that at some point in time that she was going to be running the organization and look at it now. That's a, that is incredible. I have so much admiration for that woman. I mean, she is a, not just a business, a business mogul, but also the keeper of the culture. If there's one thing as a Celtics fan, I learned even covering the team, that culture could disappear very, very quick and it could get ugly very, very fast. And they, they had that period in the mid nineties that they, yes, they didn't have chemistry, but more importantly, they didn't embrace the Laker winning culture the bus winning culture, right? Those players in the mid nineties and to, to resurrect that and bring it back. And doc, Dr. Bus was still alive then. But even then, I mean, I just, to me, it's been, I've always had such admiration for that franchise because they have the, you guys have the winning culture. I mean, that's what it is. And you're yeah. one thing the documentary brings through Coop is the family nature, the family business. Like it's almost like an old school, like my grandfather's business when everybody's around the family business and you don't see that today. Maybe yeah. craft a little bit. And Stop you know, I, like, like I said, and you hit on a couple of great points about uh, keeping that culture alive. And as the Lakers went through that in 94, 95, yeah. right before Kobe came, we struggled, but you could always see, and as Dr. Buss got a little bit older and he became a little more less visible, that's when Jeannie started stepping up. And then she started coming to uh, the media days and being more uh, visible in the thing of the daily, the daily, the daily um, activities of the Lakers. And you could just see it. And, you know, again, I'm pretty sure she was in, I wasn't much on it, but I'm pretty sure she was in on some of the decisions that were being made as far as player personnel moves, uh, things that they had to do with the organization to get us back. And, you know, all of a sudden you come up, and Jerry West, who's a master who doesn't get yeah. enough credit, 
Not for a lot of the things here, but I hope that I see a little bit more of him being more profound. Comes up with a player like Kobe Bryant, and then he brings in Shaq, and then the rift between those two players for a moment. You know, that was Jerry that quelled that, and Jeannie was right there with him. So, you know, like you say, it's just the, the culture was always being fertilized to always be on a positive note. And yes, the Lakers have some down periods. We've had some things that we didn't do right organization-wise, player personnel-wise. But as you can see today, we bounce back faster. And that's kind of like the Celtics, you know, in the 60s and 70s. They, yep. Our organizations bounce back faster than others. And that is because you got great people working in there and they keep that family atmosphere and they believe that everybody's important in the organization, all the way down to the kid that's wiping the floor, all the way down that's to the secretaries up top. This is probably the greatest thing because, you know, there's a uh, perception that it's very elitist and and the documentary definitely dispels that. You know, you're looking at everyone, if they have to work the popcorn stand, Jeannie's in there walking, working the popcorn stand in the early 80s, right? I mean, it's it's jarring to see some of that footage of nobody in the stands and Chick is there introducing the world champions in 81 or 80, 1980 for nobody. I mean, there must have been 2,000, 5,000 people there. When did you walk out? Was it magic? when magic arrived the forum was sold out or was it because i i know i've seen footage in the 80s early early 80s when they were still doing tape delay you guys were playing in a house where you could probably hear the fans talking because there wasn't that many people there well in all the arenas in the nba you gotta remember nick i got there the year before magic right and i was on i was in 79 i got there and um the the the, the crowd wasn't that big at all. I think the, the the fans that were there were like true, true Laker fans. Diehards. Half of them came because they wanted to hear Chick Hearn. They loved seeing Chick. And I think Chick, Chick had more fans than the Laker team had fans. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know what? You knew Magic was going to be something special. And I'm going to say, and they put this in the, the uh, documentary about that, that uh, they brought him in and we played that game out of Cal State LA, a summer league game. Yes, that and was that footage you know awesome. What? I had played, I was playing out there probably about 10 games before Magic came and all of a sudden they tell us, hey, Magic's going to come play. And we were all excited. That's rookies, you know, and I was a first year player, but I felt like I was a rookie. You didn't have an eye roll? Pardon me? You didn't do like an eye roll with now Magic? Oh, no, no, no. I was, (laughs) I'm not going to mess with anybody else. I was trying to make a team. Yeah, Hey, anybody that I thought was good can help. I was all for it, but we have been playing out there, Nick, at Cal State LA and probably been getting probably about maybe 200, 250. And that's a lot for that arena in the summer uh-huh. league, you know. Uh-huh. When they announced that that guy, Magic Johnson, would be playing, the next the next time we went there, because we had to get there early after practice, like we left Loyola Marymount, we went there. That gym had never, ever had the doors open or uh, we had both sides of the seats were down, but it was like empty. When we got there before the game, they had the top seats way up top. They had brought them out. They had opened the doors that were on the court court uh, floor level, had opened them, and people were standing out there. And I was like, okay, this, this is, is going to be important. And then we go in the locker room. Magic comes in, and he's like, y'all, and guess what? We were play- and this is what they don't mention. We were playing the Detroit Pistons. Roy Hamilton 79. and yep. all their draft picks from Detroit yep. Pistons. That's who we played. He played his game against. Was McAdoo uh, on that team? Who? Oh, it was a summer league. So he no, this is summer league. league. So it was yeah, all yeah, their yeah. rookies. But yeah, Roy yeah, Hamilton yeah, yeah. was a big player out here in Los yeah, Angeles yeah, from yeah. Uh, Bourbon Day. Got drafted there, and he was playing on the team. But you know what? You could tell that the Magic 
Uh-huh. Um, it was going to be special because that kid brought everybody out. Everybody was fired up. And it was, and I knew then if we play like this and we didn't even have Kareem, Norm Nixon, Jamal, yeah. it was all rookies yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if he, if he plays like this with them, man, it was going to be, a, and that next year, it was exciting, man. First game. I thought that they portrayed and without giving too much, I mean, people know the story, but they portrayed the, the, uh, McKinney magic or not McKinney, um, Westhead magic riff very honestly. I thought, do you remember? Obviously, you remember that you were yeah. in that locker room with magic. Said, talk about that a little bit from your perspective. You know, you know what, what they don't mention in that now, they talked about the riff because again, we had won a championship, yeah. And Paul came in and tried <laughs> to change things and wanted us to be more of a half court team, and everything was focused on Kareem. But what they don't they didn't mention is that. The year after we won the championship, that all happened in uh, exhibition season. And there was this one, we had, and we were like 6-0 and in exhibition. We were 5-0, mm-hmm. and we're heading to Houston to play an exhibition game. And we had landed, and our games were just a struggle. We were winning, but we were only winning by one or two points. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this. As we got off the plane in Houston, Hobby Airport, that bus would pull up, and right past the bus, at the baggage claim, there was an aisle out there where traffic was going one way or the other to get around the airport. Magic went and sat out in the middle of the medium. Cars is coming by and he's sitting out there with his bag and stuff like that. And I remember going out and said, E, you all right, man? He go, Coop, man, no, I can't play this way. I wow. Said, we winning, though. He said, Coop, this ain't us. This is not us. We not, we wow. not walk up. We run up. And uh, I said, E, it's going to be all right. So he sat there. I went and got on the bus and I told our trainer, I said, yeah, y'all, he is. So the trainer, Jack Curran, goes over there and he coaxes Magic to come on the bus and get on. But, you know, myself, Worthy, Byron Scott, Norm Nixon, we always sat in the back of the bus. And he comes back there and he sits and he goes, man, this ain't us and I'm not happy. And then what they caught, though, is that him going to ask for the trade and how all that came about. And it wasn't anything malicious Magic was doing. Magic wanted to play the way he was supposed to play. And the way you guys were meant to play. Yeah. If, if, if he couldn't play it like that here in LA, then he wanted to go somewhere else and play. And unfortunately, uh, Westhead, and again, that's some of the mishaps about the NBA. Sometimes, yeah. you know, the players are the ones that make the game. So sometimes the coach's head got a role. And uh, so, Cool. Jerry West, Pat Riley, co it's like Gerald Ford and Ronald Reagan. Remember they were going to do the co-presidency thing. I mean, like, come on. Like I, I, that's where, where Celtics fans or fans outside of LA call it the circus, you know, and it's part of what makes it amazing because somehow you pull through it, but like Jerry West was the, it was like a football team. Like Jerry West was what the offensive coach. And but you know what? Using was that Nick? That's the thing about that is that Jerry was never going to be a coach. He just wanted to have a safe place for Pat Riley to kind of nurture and kind yeah. of develop into that. Because when I got with the Lakers in '79, Jerry was a head coach. Yeah, and yeah. He hated it. Hated it. Jerry right. hated it. And you know that old saying, "Great players don't make good coaches." Yes, that's yes. truly what happened. And Jerry just couldn't identify. That same thing happened with Magic when, Magic, uh, and, when and, yep, yep. When they made that transition, and Magic brought me on, and Magic coached for those sixteen games. <laughs> he was that sitting was next to me, and he go, "Cool." They can't even run a three-on-two, a break. <laughs> they're throwing the ball. Nick Van Essel's throwing the ball away, Eddie Jones. So, you know, Magic was like, I can't understand that. And I, and I told him then, I said, e, you're not suited for this. And he goes, Coop, you yeah. know what you're right. 
So again, along those lines with Jerry West and Magic, it's hard for them because they see the game on a whole nother level and they can't yeah. understand why young players can't see it like them. And they get frustrated when, how do you teach instincts? How do you teach instincts, right? And if the players just don't have instincts and you do, what do you do? Like, how do you teach that? I think Bird was lucky with the, the roster he got in Indiana or he would have had problems too. Yeah, and, you but know, you know, but and there are the rare exceptions. I think with Larry Bird as well as Bill Russell, they're able to yeah. get there, and they were able Buy to. Post, and I just think it has that that innate ability in you. If that's what mm-hmm. I don't really believe, Magic wanted to coach. I just mm-hmm. think he said, that was around the, around the game, close yeah. to it. I don't think Jerry West wanted to coach, but he was so loyal to the Laker organization that they didn't have a coach. So, hey, he probably saw Bill Russell, so I can make this transition. But again, it, was, it wasn't the suit they were supposed to wear. And that's Now, you, think- Coop, you're the coach. You're the guy out of the whole team, right, that came through with the successful coaching. Who else? Well, and, your- and Byron Scott was a pretty good oh, coach. Byron Scott. We Byron came- and and Rambis, I guess, to a degree. Yeah, um, yeah Rambis. Yeah, I mean, we're being kind. But again, yeah. I just- <laughs> Coaching is an innate ability where you have to be able to um, uh, uh, understand and be flexible to the talent that you're working with, but you always have to stay as a, and this is out of my firm belief, because I got a little bit of this from Pat Riley, who I'm going to say, Nick, we're going to have on our show real soon, hopefully next week, or, and, but we got to have Coach Riley because he said some great things the other day. I was talking to him. Yep. You have to have that ability to want to develop players. You got to see that they're not at that level that they need to be. So you have to work with them. Uh, extra time in practice or through practice and help develop them. And you know what the joy about coaching is when you get that player that you develop and that kid or that young lady starts playing, man, it's a whole nother level. And that's one of the things I enjoyed about coaching with the Sparks. Absolutely. To see her develop into the player she became, that's the most gratifying thing you can see. So Coop, before we wrap it up, I have a couple questions for you. I haven't gotten this far in, in legacy yet. I've gotten to, I'm right around where you are too, but th- is it true Jerry West told you to retire? They, Dr. Buss, Dr. Buss, oh, Bus, my time had kind of ran out. Dr. Buss took me to dinner one night and he, my wife and my ex-wife then mm-hmm. at the time and took us to dinner and took us up on a bev- uh, on a sunset really expensive hotel uh, restaurant <laughs> took us to dinner fed me didn't didn't say anything all we did was talk and just kind of like chit chat just you know, mm-hmm. and Come so on. when we finished he got the thing he said coop um this is the deal i have for you so i'm going okay what's going going on he goes listen uh you gave us some great years here, but you're getting old, and we are in the process of making a change. Okay, and this is in 1990. Okay, yeah. I remember like yesterday when you retired. And, and I he do. says, I got two things for you. He said, I can either trade you, no, three things. I can say, I can either trade you, or I can cut you, or you can go do whatever you want. And I said, uh, wow, doc. And he goes, but listen, no matter what you do, this is always home. And I'm guaranteeing you right now. No, listen, this is true story. I am, I am. I'm guaranteeing you right now. He says, whatever you do and you're through with basketball, I have a five-year deal for you when you come back. That. I said, uh, okay. So he, I said, can I have a day to think about it? He said, you can have two days. So I went home, thought about it. I didn't want to get traded. 
because I didn't want to go to another team and tear down, you know, come back to the forum yep. and tear down yep. everything that you had built up. That to yep. me didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to get cut because that's, yeah, you know, I just didn't want to do that. So I said, right. you know what? At that time, it was so perfect because Brian Shaw and Danny Ferry were playing over in Italy at a team called mm-hmm. Il Messaggero. Il Messaggero. They were coming back to the NBA. <laughs> And uh, my agent called me when I let him know, my agent called me and said, cool, they need players over there. And I said, what they paying? So they said, they, they take care of you. So that's when the next day I went and told Dr. Bus, Dr. Bus, you know what, I'm going to retire uh, and I'm going to do this. He says, Coop, listen, I'm wishing you all the success. Thank you so much for what you've done for the Lake organization. You're always family. But when you get tired over there, come on back. Nick, I go over and play one year in 91. Yep. I come back. I knew I wasn't going to play anymore. I come and I watch the Chicago Bulls destroy the Lakers. Remember that move they got with Michael Jordan growing up and he flips yep, it up? Yep. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this series. Go ahead. I was at this that game. I was oh, at that man. game and they ended up beating the Lakers. So I came to the locker room and I remember going in there and Magic told me, he said, Coop, man, I wish you was here, man. I said, yeah, I wish I was too. But, you know, and uh, Dr. Buss saw me. He said, Michael, come to my office tomorrow. So I go to his office tomorrow and he gave me the five-year deal. Said, you got a deal? And that, I was the first, Nick, the first. This title called Special Assistant to the General Manager, it made that title up for me. Dr. Buss did. So I was a Special Assistant to Jerry West. Now that is a title in the organization now, Special Assistant. So Dr. Buss has always been great, man, to me. Uh, but yeah, those are stories that I think are missing in legacy. But again, they kind of bounced around them. They but, bounced around. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember them. Them. They didn't talk about your retirement yet. No, they didn't, and that's what they I'm saying. Vote. But it's not about that. It wasn't no, about that. It was about how. And I, I think if they might have put that in, I just show you what kind of owner Doctor. Uh, it Buck tells was the whole man. story. Yeah, that's unfounded. I mean, today. Yeah. If that were to happen today, maybe Jeannie would be that way. But you know that there's not that kind of loyalty today. No, no. There's and really this not. another story, though, Nick, real quick about the rift between Magic. And they're not the rift, but the little Norm. confrontation they had uh, when Magic got the $25 million. Yep. And I was talking to Kareem the other day, and Kareem let it be known that he said, you know what? People thought that Kareem would be upset. And Dr. Buss pulled him into his office. He said, Cap, listen you know what, I'm going to always take care of you because you, the player you are, the person you are, I'm always take care of you. That's how come Kareem was able to kind of get over that a little bit. Yep. But again, yep. Magic was a star player. you got to take care of your star player, young star yep. player, you know. And Kareem was, what, two, three, maybe four years from retiring. Well, Magic was going to be the longer player. So Dr. Buss had to, and Magic selling tickets. So when Kareem and told Magic, that story. Magic, I think, had to renegotiate that, didn't he? I mean, at one point, the money became small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, he I mean, had to think about that to get more players. You have to get structure here to get worthy in there and to get AC yep. Green or something like that. So again, but that's the type of person that Dr. Buss was, man. Just uh, you know what? Did everything Nick on a handshake. If when he finished my deal and he talked to me, he said, "Coop, we got a deal." I said, "Yeah." We shook hands. He didn't write anything down. He said, "I'll have my attorney get with you." And when they brought it back to me on paper, it was exactly everything he we had talked about. That you know what you you gotta love somebody like that because of the way that they mismanage and guys trying to squirrel you out of an extra hundred thousand or whatever it is today yep. just makes it really really refreshing to to deal with an owner like Doctor Buck. Are those days gone? Like, are you ever gonna see anything like that again? I don't know that they could. I ever think exist. you will. I you do. do. I think you will. Yeah. I think um, 
there are certain owners that have that, you know, that, that have to, I think bomber for the Clippers is kind of like that. Again, you don't want, I don't know if he's exactly mm-hmm. like that, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel, and I hear from, I don't get too in depth with it, but other players talk about what kind of owner he is, but I think you have that around the NBA, um, you know, where, uh, play, uh, owners that are really, really, you have to invest in your product, which is your players. You have to invest in that. And sometimes it takes a good person to make those guys want to be there and stay there a long time. Coop, I, I don't know. I mean, how would you do, do that today, though? Because they bounce around so much. Well, I, I mean, think the, the that, owner's uh, almost... Who's the owner in Golden State? Uh, what's oh, his name? come on. We both I, know. Too. I think he has yeah, a great exactly. relationship. He with does. His, and, I, and that's why you see that those guys stick together. How they lost Kevin Durant, I think that was a player yeah, personnel conflict. That, had that was a Kevin Durant conflict. Above. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think when you get situations like that, that's why that team is going to always continue to be great. Now they're going down a little bit because that's a mm-hmm. lot of basketball they've been playing, and mm-hmm. Curry and them are getting older. But I think that owner has a great relationship with his team, and he and probably he spends. Gets it aboard. Yeah, he spends. You know, I, I would say yeah, make money. That's what people. Yeah, you do. Spend. You do. It's it's not an easy. It, the NBA has changed so much since you played and what we're talking about, you know, to today. But at the root of it, a good owner and a good coach are going to keep good culture, which keeps and attracts good players for sure. And it attracts other players that one, you know, yeah. when free agents happening. These guys saw, hey, my owner's great, man. He does this for us, does that. Well, I'm more apt to come there than I am where a guy doesn't know me, and you know, he's only going to pay me. It's just weird now. So yep, yep. Well, Nick, there you have it. Another episode it. in the bag. And uh, I am so glad to be with you, Nick. I, I really am because I'm loving that gold on your skin. I knew you was coming. How does that feel? <laughs> does it feel real cushiony and like velvet? It's prickly. You know, I think if there was like purple sleeves, <laughs> it may be a rash would break out. I'm just hoping nobody on like. Uh, oh, that's that green me. when you wear green. <laughs> you know, green, man, I'm glowing. I'm actually Italian. You know, we were allergic to green, except in basketball. Except in basketball. Coop, this was great. I'll see you next week. All right, Nick, take care, man.